Australia. How are you going? I hope you're going all right. This is NBA Australia. It's Friday, November 24, all day. And I'm still your COVID-afflicted mate, James Clements. That's right. I'm the editor of a good website called CodeBet. Find that at codebet.com.au. You can also see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, Fox Sports Lab NFL, CodeBet Daily. All that good stuff. Here, repping Australia a bit. That's what we do here on NBA Australia. We don't take things too seriously. Leave that for the nerds. It's a pretty big story, though, that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm here in Larry Armour Studios recovering. Uh, Still got the bung Achilles, broken finger, and COVID. So, as you can imagine, it's been a great couple of days. Woo! Anyway, uh, someone who's probably had a worse couple of days than me. There's some wild accusations being thrown at Josh Giddy. We'll talk those out. Uh... In very couched terms, because, yeah, interesting. Uh, We have a big Thanksgiving slate to wrap up. That all happened on Thursday. And we'll get the in-season tournament massive, massive Saturday slate to preview. So that'll be fun. Uh, We also had Pop having a whinge. We had Steve Kerr having a whinge. Just lots of whinging. Just settle down, you sooks. Scott Foster and Chris Paul got back into it. Love that. Anyway, uh, we'll wrap up all those games in the NBA Australia game wrap, set up all the other ones as well. That's on an iPhone, mate. No, mate. Spot on the night. Better Lonzo Ball. We've got Dickhead of the Week. We've got Yeah Nas. You've got an unpopular opinion of the day. Now, back takehouse. We're serving up a flame grill take. Uh, there is a Shane Hill Shooter Shoot Shoot Your Shot Line Em Up Award. And we might give out a quick uh, Luke Longley Role Player of the Week Award as well, because why not? And uh, yeah, we'll pick and preview all the games for the weekend. That'll be it. Hopefully, we can fly through it. Hopefully, I survive this episode. Getting a bit rough, I'll tell you that much. Right, let's get into it. Episode 991 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Well, the cocoa attack, I guess, if you're me. Jeez, the spicy cough. The cough isn't quite as bad as last time. And obviously sound a little bit better than I did on Wednesday, I guess. So, you know, things are looking up for your old mate, Jim. I've got to go see Frank Turner on Sunday. What are we doing? Uh, but also, I guess you better watch out for the internet attack. If you're Josh Giddy. Let's dig into that, shall we? Jeez, what a weird story. Uh, we'll start off today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the Daily. Oh, it's a whip around, man. It's a whip around, eh? Let's start there. Giddy. It's a weird story. This broke uh, yesterday, our time, so Thursday. It was just a sort of strange setup where, let's lay it all out. You've got one account tweeting out some stuff, GPS88, and... Um, Josh Giddy from the OKC Thunder. This is basically what the tweet read. And it's uh, with an underage girl. And you're like, all right, geez. First video is talking to his brother. This is disgusting and this man needs to be punished. We can't let this go under the surface any longer. It needs to be seen. Girl is a junior in high school. That account disappears. And then another just redoes it with a Snapchat screenshot as well of uh, what appears to be another chick who's actually like, just fuck Josh Giddy and Josh Giddy's in the background. So the four screenshots and videos. Uh, first one is apparently a video to a girl's brother, OC Beers, saying they're going to come and watch him in Sacramento. It's like, all right. 
second is a he say he says hey pick with his arms folded around a girl. And Giddy's looking pretty blasted, I'll tell you. Uh, if that is Gids. And of course, third is the video of uh, what's up, my man out the front of a club, me and my girl about to head back to mine. And you're like, all right. And then it all sort of appears to have blown up from there because one of the comments underneath there from a Damien Batetti saying, about to head back to my bro, she's 15. It's like, all right. So none of this has been based on any sort of, I oh, no facts or evidence so far. And then that last one is that Snapchat screenshot of just fuck Josh Giddy with him posing in the background seemingly. And then it just explodes into a bunch of chaos. Where really the only part where anyone says anything vaguely worth of like, aha, is this proof is like the Instagram comment from that Patetti bloke saying that she's 15. So initially you're like, all right, color me unconvinced. And then there's more internet sleuthing from a bunch of shithead Sherlock's out there being like, oh yeah, man, like this is uh she's a junior in high school. And you're like, oh God. So essentially with very little proof out there of anything, I'm still just waiting to pass any sort of judgment on this one. What we do know is the kids is what he's just turned 21. Uh, the chick that he's in these photos with at some point is seemingly of unconfirmed age. Look, you've seen people on the internet say she's 15, 17, 18, 19. I don't know. They've also said that she's from Oklahoma, from Ohio, California, New England. And then there's like different pictures of seemingly different girls. And then there's also other stuff about the supposed brother that leaked it in that first video, at least in the first place, is like a different bot. And then that got deactivated. And I kind of feel like this is the weirdest part, right? Uh, all of the accounts that sort of started all this shit have been deactivated, deleted, whatever. You had Creek T Wiz, Buttcrack Sports tweets getting deleted from that stuff that they were posting as well. Uh, that initial on the GPS 88 disappeared. And then another one sort of uh, blasted it up there for the world to see. And you're like, all right, so what is all this? This is just a fucking mess. And uh, to be honest, yeah, it's a mess. The entire thing's a fucking mess. I think, so what is it? The last one, WST Goat 7 as well is like the last one who's like basically still floating around with the uh, four things on there and saying Josh Giddy from the OKC and blah, 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 blah. So what does this mean? Well, it means... Until someone's got some actual fucking facts, an actual reporter has some facts about the situation, we hear from Gids, or we hear from like Woj, we hear from the team, we hear from the NBA, I don't know what the fuck to think. <laughs> I would probably have, if there was an actual, uh, if the, if this was actually coming from the girl, or from an actual victim, you'd probably have much more of a sort of leg to stand on and believe, whereas at this point it just sort of feels like a lot of muckraking bullshit. Uh if it basically comes out that she is underage, then we throw the book at kids, obviously. That's it. Full extent of the law. Your career's probably done at that point. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got a bunch of dead shit Sherlock's out there sort of floating out this shit. And you're like, God damn, man. Like, people are lapping up this weird... Like, NBA Twitter specifically is an absolute cesspool for a lot of this sort of shit. And I'm going to approach this with a fucking barge pole until anything is fucking cleared up. The only worries I have is that there's been no word from Giddy or the team or management 
essentially like if you would if it were to be 100% unfounded you'd literally come out and say this is unfounded speculation bullshit but at the same time one of the things of crisis management is not addressing the entire thing straight away but yeah not having a word from the team or the league or anything like that it is thanksgiving in the states but that's still i feel like this should be at least warranting you know some sort of statement if it was completely untrue but at the same time i can understand why they'd be like look we're going to f- not going to feed fuel to this fire until we have all the facts. So that's where I'm going to sort of sit. I'm going to call it unfounded speculation for the moment. There are some uh, concerns, some worries. <laughs> but until we've got some evidence in either way, I'm like, meh, all right, God. That said, of course, if it's true, fuck that noise. 100% fuck that noise. And he's out. He's done. Pack her up, boys. That's probably the most disturbing part. Well, not the most disturbing part of it, but one of the more disturbing aspects of it is like the fucking pylon and how, because we don't have any fucking facts, the pylon has been so large that you're just like, oh, wow, this is like news. It's like, well, it's based on very little, you know, (laughs) actual fucking evidence for the time being. So bit of a weird one. Uh, I'll talk about this again quickly later, but for the moment, I'm just sort of steering clear. I don't want to pass judgment. I don't know the fucking facts. Simple as that. I'm no lawyer <laughs> or judge. I'm just a moron. Uh, right, other little bits of news. We had Pop having a whinge at the fans. Hey, don't boo, don't boo Kawhi. It's not what we do here. All right. I also prefer it when people don't tell me what to do, Pop. You know, just a bit of a vibe, just a bit of a vibe. I, don't, I just don't like people chastising fans. Uh, Chris Paul was ejected from that game the other day. They were about to talk about with Scott Foster, and then he uh, sort of sat down afterwards and was like, hey, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a personal thing with Scott. We've had a couple of meetings about it as well, so not great. <laughs> not great. And Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, uh, we did get some news that he's out for at least another week with the pinched nerve in his lower back. Cam Thomas might be back for the Nets as well, though. So that's kind of neat. But he's uh, he's begun light individual court work for Simo, so... Hopefully they've got Maya Jama's masseuse in town to help that help that out a little bit. Uh, bam! Adebayo and Donnie Mitchell both out for uh, the the game that just passed. And there was like one of those things you're like, oh, geez, is Bam okay? And he's just got a hip bruise apparently. That's kind of nice. The weird part is he missed a game earlier in the season with the same sort of thing and you're like, oh. It's one of those things that you never want to fuck with as well. I don't know if you've seen like the pictures, like you know the basketball player or the football player, sort of takes off like the jersey or something and shows you, and it's like bruising, like covering half their fucking body. So uh, hopefully Bam's okay. Donnie Mitchell was that missed that game as well with a with his hammy, so hopefully he'll be good again soon. Uh, aside from that, let's get into some game wraps from the other day, from Thursday, from yesterday. I watched a bunch of this laying in bed, feeling like dog shit. Uh, napping in between stuff. I did manage to uh, catch big chunks of some of the games, which is good. But yeah, the Coco knocked me a little bit sideways, as you can imagine. Not great, though, having one working fucking arm and one working fucking foot. <laughs> Not ideal. I'll tell you that. Anyway, let's do some game raps. Game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps. Game raps. Game raps. That's right, the game raps. 
From Thursday, we had the Nuggets lose to the Magic Men. I did pick the Magic. I thought they'd play them close. They played them better than close. They ran over the top in the fourth quarter. It was a really fun, weird game. I love this Magic team. Also, uh, the idea of Denver losing on the road to teams that are over 500 without Jamal Murray, that holds true again. Uh, it didn't matter that Joker had, what, 30, 13, and 12. Shot 12 of 18. MPJ hit five threes and had 25. Christian Brown had 13, 15, and 10 for Aaron Air Gordon. Revenge! They just sort of didn't quite have that thing to put them over the top. The defense wasn't quite there. They let the Magic shoot 54%. Paolo had 23, 27 for Franz, and 20 for Ascole. Anthony off the uh, bench. Jingle Joe Ingles, perfect from the floor as well. He had 12 and 7. He played one of his best games, if not the best game of his season uh, in that one, which was an absolute ripper. Good stuff, the jingling one. The Nuggets dropped to 10 and 5 at that point. Amazingly enough, that is the same record as the Orlando Magic. That is wicked. Let's go, Magic Men. The Hornets snuck past the Wizards thanks to a big fourth quarter. Lamelo pulls off the big comeback, 34-8-13 for him. Kuzma of the 28-9-10. Hornets hold on, get over the hump, 117-114. Outscored them 39-23 in the fourth quarter. Not bad, bro. Not bad. That's that classic Washington defense. Just really, really stamping its authoritaire. <laughs> it was incredible. Like, seriously, Jordan Poole. I think, what, the Charlotte basically stomped them in the first half of the fourth quarter. Came flying back, took the lead uh, with about, what, five minutes to go? And Miles Bridges was going off his head. The Wizards sort of got back in front, and then they just didn't score. For like, they scored like four points, I think, the rest of the way from about the, yeah, the three and a half minute mark. They scored four more points the rest of the way and then just got absolutely stomped. So, Lamello and Miles Bridges just went bang. Good win for the Hornets. They needed to uh, pull that off, and they did. They are now five and nine. The Wizards are horrible, and they're two and 12. The Nets lost to the Hawks 147-145 in overtime. Mikael Bridges and Trey Young went hammering tongs out at 45 and 43 each, respectively. Trey Young was real bloody good. And this was a fun game. The Nets, I swear to God, this team, it's just, they're wildly frustrating. And you sort of see them going, yeah, is Mikael Bridges like the guy? Is he a guy? Can he be the guy? Like, the Nets sort of got up, hung on, tied it back up. It was crazy. They were down like five still right at the end of the fourth. Uh, Then I think they got down eight. And they came flying back because Bridges just goes absolutely off his fucking head. Scores like, I think it was like five straight points uh, to get them right back into the game. And then just sort of kept scoring. Dinwiddie hit a big, big, big three. Uh, There was a couple of weird Atlanta turnovers down the stretch. And Cam Johnson gets like the tip in. Trey Young misses the free throw to win the fucking thing because he goes one or two at the line, 131-130. Misses the first one, and then they hold on to win in overtime. This Nets team is weird. They gave up 45 points in the first quarter. It's like, yeah, Ben Simmons in the defense. It was there for a second, and now he's been out. It, like, it, Ideally, you go, cool, Simo, Bridges, Claxton, you have the spine of a really good defense. Without Simmons, it falls Falls apart pretty quickly. Good win for the Hawks. They're seven and seven now. They jump ahead of the Nets, who are six and eight. Celtics Bucks. This was an absolute rip schnorter of a game. Really fun game. Giannis goes seven of twenty for his twenty-one, thirteen, and five. 
Boston win at 119-116. It was actually 119-113, but Malik Beasley decided to fuck over uh, anyone who had uh, Boston minus 5.5 by hitting a pointless 3 at the very end buzzer. But really, for Boston, this was just a massive settler game for anybody who's like stressing massively about Jalen Brown. He was excellent in this one, 26-8. Everybody but Holiday was in double figures. 23 for Tatum, 21 for the Extreme Zingamil. Extreme Zingamil. 13 for Derek White, 10s for Hauser and Pritchard. Horford had 11, 8, and 6 as well. And it was just one of those things where you're watching it from Milwaukee, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, if Giannis has held, they're kind of like, even with Dame, pretty inefficient, 11 to 24 for 27 points. Middleton got absolutely gobbled up by this uh, Boston defense, though. He was 4 of 14. And Boston just looked good. Like, you'd prefer them to be a little bit more convincing because they did let the Bucks come flying back in this game. They're outscored by 12 points in that fourth quarter and uh, put the fear of God into them. But they held on. Like, that's kind of nice, right? Because they were sort of just there, here or thereabouts. Boston were up. 16 in that fourth quarter. And then they just came absolutely barnstorming back. And uh, the same thing basically happened in that Lakers-Dallas game that same time. So, yeah, they're up 16 points with less than five minutes to go. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, it was a four-point game. And you're like, Jesus. No, a three-point game after that uh, Dame three. That's right. 44 seconds left. Tatum gets one or two at the line, up four. uh, And they sort of just close it out from there. Really good sort of litmus test, I guess, for this new Boston-looking lineup. Uh, they're now 12-3. and three. The Bucks dropped to 10-5 and five with that. But the Bucks are just sort of going there. Well, we thought we are going to get something out of Malik Beasley, but, you know, a buzzer-beating pointless three at the very end of the game. He had three points aside from that. And the rest of the bench is like, Portis was a shit show. He had four points on six shots. Marjorie Bouchard. Campaign sucked. It's just they lack that one extra dude. They really do. The weird thing for me was the Celtics actually only played like the eight dudes as well, right? They just kept it tight. They kept it tight to make a point. Uh, good job by Joey Muzz, I guess. Even though he still makes some big head-scratching decisions, he just went, right, we're going to ride with our dudes. And that's what they did. The Heat kicked the shit out of the Cavs, 129-96. No bam. Big Boudicard, Larry at 28. They ran right over the top of this team. Uh, the poor Cavaliers, they're like, oh, man, they don't have Bam. We're going to be sweet. Duncan Robinson can't hit shit. doesn't matter. Jaime Hockers goes 4-4 four four from downtown. He had 22. 14s each for Caleb Martin, Josh Richardson, and Orlando Robinson. They're, uh, was he, rookie? Yeah, rookie backup center. 28 for Big Boo to Carl Lowry is crazy. 10 for Thomas Nockoby Bryant. 10 for Haywood Highsmith. Everyone's basically getting either 10s or 14s. And Robinson and Butler barely did shit. Jimmy Butler ran 3 of 12. The Cavs, they only took 77 shots, though, and uh, weren't very good. Garland, 14 points, 27 minutes. Cleveland just stomped them. Ran away with it in the end. Good win for the Heaters. Uh, they are now 10 and 5. The Cavs, that's right. Poor Cleveland. Cleveland! 8 and 7. Mobley with 13 and 10 as well. The Raptors snuck by the Pacers, 132-131. Big game after that Pacers-Atlanta. Uh, you know, score fest, which is pretty fun. So, look, good on them for uh, giving it a good old crack. But the Raptors just held them off. It was all because, uh, I don't know, Scoob, Siakam was incredible. Siakam had 36, 10, and 4. Scoob with 20, 26 for Denny Schroeder. I am German Rondo. Uh, 
Their bench actually helped, though. Malachi, Malachi, Malachi Flynn had 14. He went 6 of 8. Gary Terrence and Derby Jr. Otto Porter was seen again. Alive, which is nice. 33 for Halliburton. 31 for Buddy Heald, who shot the puss out of it. Just wasn't quite enough because they just can't get stops. Seriously, let the Raps, like, even with 17 turnovers of the Raptors, they still shot 43% from the floor. Uh, and down the stretch, they're like, ah, oh, right, so... We do have some answers, don't we? And they're like, yeah. His name's Dennis Schroeder. And then it's OG. And then it's Siakam. And then it's Scoob. And Scoob really held them off down the stretch. So good showing by him. They're 7-8 now, the Raptors. Big win. And 8-6 and six are the Pacers, who just continue to let people score all over them. you love to see it. All right, we had the Rockets beat the piss out of the Grizzlies because, yeah, the Grizzlies are bad. 111-91. Jalen Green had 34. Desmond Bain had 23-7. and seven. Uh, It's exactly what you need for the Rockets, though. They gave up a pretty shitty first quarter, steadied, and then kicked the fuck out of them. So they're now 7-6, and six, but importantly for the Rockets, they're 7-1 at home. The Grizzlies are 3-11. Oh, is that right, Jim? What are they? What's their record? Oh, my God, man. Oh, my God. Their record is... Yeah, three eleven Grizzlies. What are they going to be by the time Jar gets back? They're three eleven now, five and twenty. What do you think? Uh, the Wolves they beat the Sixers one twelve ninety nine. Embiid set this one out. No shit. Thirty one six and six for Edwards, and uh, they just kicked the crap out of him from the get go. Sixers on a back to back on the road. Yeah, it's just an RDO for Embiid at that point. Uh, good on him. I would do the same thing if I was in his position. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to face go bear in towns on a back-to-back in Minnesota. Piss that off. That's exactly what he did. Max, he had 16 points on 19 shots. Harris had 15 on 4 of 11. It was uh, not a banner knife for the Sixers. Shot under 40%. And uh, there you go. Wolves, they're a particularly tough one at home. They're 7-0 and now. And they look incredible. They really do. It's amazing. They are absolutely curb-stomping teams now. And they still sit. On top of the West at 11-3. and three. <coughs> Oh, you still at the Coco, Jim? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that knocks the Sixers down to 10-5 and five as well. Uh, Kings-Pelicans is pretty fun. 117-112. Pelicans win it at home. Uh, I remember talking about this one on Wednesday's show, saying that the Kings, if they don't have Keegan Murray, I'm going to switch my pick over the Pals just because they wouldn't get to slow too many folks down on the perimeter. And that was right. So they've started... Fox, Duarte, Huerta, Harrison Barnes, and the Suvlaki King. Suvlaki King had 23, 9, and 6 did Sabonis. 26 and 5 for Hero. Ah, uh, for Fox, Hero. Um, but that was it. Like, Huerta couldn't hit a shot. Malik Monk could hit a shot. And that was just pack her up, boys' time. Because Zion and Spindles have been playing pretty bloody well together. They both had, what, was 25 and 6 for Zion, 23, 4, and 3 for Spindles. Dyson Daniels had a rough shooting night. But he's still at eight and seven. So, yeah, Jordan Hawkins hitting a couple of threes. Grand Theft Alvarado was pretty good off the bench as well. It's good to see him back. Najee Marshall's just canning threes. The Pels are dangerous because they've got those three sort of dudes off the bench. They can sort of just get it going. They're laughing. But Larry Nance Jr. is back now for them. If they get CJ back soon, they're going to be very dangerous because they've now sneakily gotten up to eight and seven, six and four at home. Kings are eight and six. 
And without Murray, they just sort of feel very, very thin very, very quickly. It's like, uh, wherefore art thou Davion Mitchell? What happened there? He has just fallen off a cliff this year. Uh, so, yeah, no fires and laser for the Kings. Uh, the Thunder, before the Josh Giddy news broke the following evening, they beat the Bulls 116-102. That's good. DeRozan had 25-6. and six. Uh, No Levine. He's got a sore right foot. Caruso started. He had 12 and 12 shots. Thanks for coming, Alex. 23 for Kobe. Kobe White. Vooch had 16 and 12. Just not enough at all. This Bulls team is horrible. They shot under 40%. Meanwhile, the Thunder kicked the crap out of them. Giddy had 10, 6, 2, and 2. And then, uh, I don't know, the best jokes so far have been, you know, his girlfriends are basically what his three-point percentage is, and it's like, oh, that's, I think, still over 30. So, anyway, but for me, like, yeah, Chet in this one, 18 and 13 with four blocks, kicked ass. SGA had 45 and 12. That's 40 points, five rebounds, 12 assists, three blocks. He was awesome. He's going to pop up again later. And Isaiah Joe just keeps being incredible. He had five threes. He had 20 points. Gee, do you reckon the uh, Sixers could use a bloke like that right now? Anyway, amazing gear. The Thunder are 11 and four. Flip that around and reverse it almost. The Bulls are all 5 and 11. So, not great for the Bulls. Thunder, cruising. Second place in the West. They look good. They look great. Pretty bad timing. Just saying. Clippers beat the Spurs 109 102. Uh, Wemby at 22, 15, and 3. Kawhi. <laughs> at 26. And it was just like a bit of a case of. Clippers just held him at arm's length for a lot of this game because they got it massively early and then rode it. 24 for Paul George as well. 16 for James Harden with nine assists. Rusty with the eight, six, and seven, the triple single. <laughs> Coming off the bench, it's going to be a bit rough for him to uh, top those ones, I reckon. But yeah, the Clippers were up like 14, 16 points in the last quarter, so they were cruising to this one. And there you go. Uh, they're now six and seven, the Clippers. What's that, the third win? In the in the Harden era, Spurs are three and twelve. Yeah, pack her up, boys. Warriors one fifteen lost to the Suns one twenty three. And you'd be like, oh, geez, must have been pretty rough without Steph. Nah, Steph played. He shot six of fifteen for his sixteen points. Went one of eight from three. Clay was on one, and then he sort of went. Hang on a second, I am pretty old. He had twenty three points. So went six of ten from downtown. <coughs> Not bad. Did fuck all else, though. Down the stretch, I'll tell you. Play 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Daria, the homie, Sarich had 17. But really, this was all the Suns, right? 25, 8, and 10 for uh, Booker. He looked unreal. He had Kevin Durant. He had 32, 8, and 2. 12 for a Kogi off the bench. Nasir Little gave him a little something-something as well. And as a team, uh, they just sort of out-muscled the Warriors in this one. Like, you've got Nurkic, you know, only playing 17 minutes. It's just like, all right, we'll we'll just keep giving it to Booker and KD, and there's not much you guys can do about it. It's like Andrew Wiggins is a shell of himself at the moment. He had 11 points and 11 shots, four rebounds. Kaminga, old comebucket, seven points for him, 10, 10 points for Podemski, but there's not much going on for this Warriors team, I'll tell you what. They're 7-9. Phoenix moved to 9-6. and six. They enjoyed that one, I reckon. KD against his old muckers. Going, hey, Clay, where's your fucking captain's hat now, dickhead? Uh, the Jazz lost to the Blazers. Oh, geez. They're both now 4-11, which is crazy. The Jazz falling off a cliff, 121-105. The Jazz are the team I thought they were going to be last year. 
it's weird. It's really weird. Their lineup's all funky. They don't know what to do with Sexton, Clarkson, uh, Horton, anyone ever else ending in un. Uh, THT's been horrible. Sexton was horrible in this game. It's like, what are you going to do? Play Chris Dunn? They sort of keep chopping and changing the starting lineup. They started Olenek and Collins next to each other with Lowry in this one, and Jordan Jeremy Clarkson with Keontae George. Okja Agbaji goes back to the bench. It's just a bit of a mess. The Blazers, though, they got your man, uh, yeah, Scoot Henderson came back, played 17 minutes off the bench. Looked okay. He had a couple of fouls, a couple of turnovers, but doesn't matter. Malcolm Brogdon, 20 points. The Grim Reether, Duop Reith, the great Barry Reith himself, started at his first ever NBA start. He had eight and four. Looked all right. Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant chucked in 30. Brogdon had that 20 and eight, though. Just solid outing for the Blazers. Jazz on a back-to-back, but still shouldn't have been that bad, as I mentioned, both 4-11. And then the Banner game. This was an absolute rip-snorter. Lakers... Mavericks, Dallas hold on 104-101. Luka with the 30-12-8. LeBron James with the 26-9-7. But this game was absolute fucking chaos down the stretch. Absolute chaos. Mavs started the fourth quarter up massively. Still like up 17 at one point. They start the fourth quarter 0-9 from the floor. The Lakers rip off basically an 18-2 run. <laughs> Basically, like four missed free throws from the Lakers from uh, Jackson Hayes and LeBron basically cost them the game because it was tied at 99 after a tip-in from LeBron. It's 101-99 Lakers, and then you got some pretty bad Grant Williams-Luca shots, and you're like, God damn it, they're going to lose. Oh, wait, Kyrie laces a three. They go back up 102. LeBron throws the ball away trying to get it to uh, Anthony Davis in the post. They get the turnover, and boom. It was a weird one because Rashawn Holmes had front position on AD for the Entry pass, and Luca was, like, right there on AD's hip as well. And LeBron's like, nah, he can get that. It's like, oh, I don't know that he can, LeBron. He's like, nah, check. Oh, fuck, I turned it over. So then they foul, and LeBron has a pretty good look at the game, tying three at the end. Doesn't get it to go. Dallas hold on for a miraculous win. These games are stupid. Dallas is crazy. Josh Green played his ass off. Luca nutmegs LeBron at one point, cross-court for a greeny three. But the way the Lakers turned it on in that fourth quarter, you're like, could you just, I guess you don't have all the energy just to do that all the time, but there you go. Awesome win for the Mavs. They needed it desperately. They're now 10-5. and five. Lakers dropped to 9-7 and seven with that one. Huge stuff. Awesome gear. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Uh, not Josh Giddy. Um, Tell you what, SGA, though, his mate... Out there on OKC, he was fucking awesome in that game. 45-12 and 12 with three blocks is nothing to sneeze at. 28 for Kyrie with that massive three. The game went up. It was absolutely huge. But Luka going hammer and tongs, 30-12-8 against LeBron. It was such a statement, I thought, from Le- from Luka just going, all right, old boy, come on, on your, on your bike, piss off, get out of my road. It's exactly what that game felt like. It was absolutely unreal. KD taking it to the Warriors again with the 32-8 was very nice. But SGA was fucking fantastic in that game. Jalen Brown with the 26, not bad. And, of course, Bridges and Trey Young with the 45 and 48. Uh, 45 and the 43, respectively. Very nice. Very nice. I'm going to talk about LaMelo in a second. But SGA is just next level gear at this point. 40 points, 12 assists, 5 rebounds. Absolutely crushed it. 
You got to love him. God damn it, I'm on my last legs over here. He's killing me. Let's do a spud of the night. Spud, 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 We had plenty of spuds all up and down the slate in this one. Concha, Malachi, Brandon both went 0 of 6. Sexton, Nawara, and Danilo Galenari went 0 of 5 each. Drew Holiday in his revenge game went 1 of 8. Had some weird, questionable moments. Uh, ends up with five points. Uh, but that's all right. Dame, I mean, he and Dame just going hammer and tongs. That's fine. Like, if Holiday goes one of eight and everybody else scores, basically in double figures, which is what happened. Like, the Celtics don't give a fuck. Scoot, one of seven in his return, but he looked pretty good. Just gave him a little bit more structure. Two of nine for Dyson, the vacuum. And uh, Grant Williams as well. Two of ten, as I mentioned, for Kevin. Fucking what Tim Hardaway Jr. missed a big three late in that Lakers game where you're like, is this going to be like a Hardaway just cost them the game kind of vibe? It didn't end up that way, luckily for Hardaway, because he's got Kyrie and Luca on his team. 3-12 for Butts. It is still blows my, it still blows my mind. Miami just was so consistent outside of Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson that they won that game against Cleveland. Absolutely no worries. That's right, against Cleveland. Cleveland! It was absolute chaos. Like, it was so strange, and it's just what the Heat do. I mean, I just don't know what to do about it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I, I, I just don't know. We also had 4 of 14 for Mitty and for Dylan Brooks. Classic stuff. Uh, but I would like to thank two of the all-time greats, DeAnthony Melton and Bogdan Bogdanovich, who did it from three for both shooting. Chill. Yeah, they both shot 311. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you, D'Anthony Melton. Thank you, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Doing it from three. Doesn't happen that often, but that was pretty gnarly. Uh, right, let's do an old mate. No mates. Old mate, 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 no mates. Well, this one's easy today, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God, the pile on him. Poor Josh Giddy. Uh, I say poor Josh Giddy until I know any of the, more of the facts. He's not poor Josh Giddy if it's for real. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It's uh, a bit fucky, but definitely old mate, no mates. He's your fucking mate. You got Chet Holmgren, like, you know, deleting the twinsy photo of them on Instagram, all that sort of gear reportedly. Anyway, look, it is weird and chaotic for me to sort of see this just unfurl. And because, like, I'm, you know, fucking stuck in the sick, like, literally on my sick bed, just bro. Just going through it all, just going, this is fucking shit. Just because of the pile-on nature of it all. Of like, we don't know any of the fucking facts. This is horrible. So, yeah, definitely old mate, no mates vibes there. But also Chris Paul versus Scott Foster. Chris Paul got booted from that Warriors-Suns game, uh, one of his old teams. And it's just that moment of like, yeah, Scott Foster fucking hates Chris Paul. And it blows my mind that he's actually still officiating games that Chris Paul's involved in, and the NBA's fine with it. Not only that, but like the referees, like the rest of the refs on that squad, on that team of refs, are like, not like, hey, just Scott, can you not fucking tech up Chris Paul or boot him out? I just don't want to deal with it. Nah, Scott Foster has to make it about him every fucking time. Uh, Chris Paul ends up calling him, you're a bitch, you're a bitch. 
The crazy thing is, like, Tom Haberstrow has done the work on this one. He's uh, He dug in. It was like CP's teams were favoured in 15 of 20 playoff games that Scott Foster officiated. They went 3-17 and 17 in those ones and lost by an average of 11 points. Like, for a bloke who got implicated in some of the Donahue shit by uh, virtue of being, you know, mentioned here and there, it's, it blows my mind that someone who's just like this fucking shit at his job still has one, you know? Uh, Chris Paul then came out afterwards. He's like, yeah, look, it's personal. It involves like his son. He came out and said that he had had a private meeting with his dad, Scott Foster, Doc Rivers, Bob Delaney, when he was on the Clippers. And he said, it's personal. The league knows. Everybody knows. There's been a meeting. It's just a situation with my son. I'm okay with a ref talking. Just don't use a tech to get your point across. Just know I had a meeting with him, my dad, Doc Rivers, Bob Delaney since the Clippers. It's like, yeah, it's fucked. It's definitely some old mate, no mates. He's your mate. By Scott Foster hating Chris Paul. But also, fuck Scott Foster off. Like, what are we doing here? Like, no one gives a fuck about Scott Foster. No one is there to see Scott Foster. Scott Foster's not going to go down the an- in the annals of the game as one of the all-time greats. Fuck off, dickhead. You've got no mates. you got no fucking mates, you dickhead. Piss off. Pants of the night. Uh, Luke and nutmegging LeBron on a cross-court pass is pretty epic. Uh, Josh Green nailing the three was also pretty gnarly. That is a bit of a panting. And as I mentioned, it's a bit of a uh, passing of the torch moment. We mentioned that the other day, the passing of the torch moments, like SGA versus Steph Curry, like SGA blocking Steph Curry on a three and then just like fucking getting the layup at the other end. It's like, yeah, that's a, uh, hey, going old man kind of moment. Jalen Green detonated on uh, Triple J. That was a fucking gnarly dunk from Jalen Green. But probably the biggest pantsing of the night might have gone to Dame, who got blocked by the rim, uh, took off a little bit early on what would have been a big bucket for the Bucks. I thought Derek White had blocked it, and then they show the replay. It's like, nah, Dame just got blocked by the rim. That's a pantsing. All right, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, easy one for better than Lonzo Ball today. It's LaMelo Ball. Uh, because it could conceivably always be better than Lonzo Ball when it comes to LaMelo. Again, being overshadowed by your younger brother. Uh, it's a kick in the nuts right there. I wouldn't know about that, just saying. Uh, <laughs> in your face, my three younger brothers. Uh, LaMelo, 34 points, eight rebounds, 13 assists. It was awesome. Two or three at the line, six of 16 from downtown, 13 of 31 overall. That's only, what, 42%, but still kicked some ass, took some names, and uh, BT Dubs, 34 is one point higher than Lonzo's career high. LaMelo Ball. Consistently, just to kick in the dick for Lonzo. Not only he's got a bung knee, but his little brother keeps outshining him every chance he fucking gets. He's better than Lonzo Ball. Um, we did have some other really sort of good young dude sort of moments. Jaime Hawkes, that was an awesome game. Twenty-two points. He goes seven to ten from the floor, four of four from downtown. He had eight rebounds, and uh, I think he had six turnovers though. So. But still, hell of a game from Jaime Hawkes. The Heat, they love him. Oh, it's Heat culture, bro. The Magic tweet of the day. Oh, thanks, Magic. He's just out here providing all the good stuff again. Let's do it. The Dallas Cowboys beat my commanders 45-10. to 10. 
Dallas was a better football team tonight, plain and simple. That's it. <laughs> what do we say? Thanks, Magic. That's all he said. How angry do you think Magic is when he typed that one out? That is like the shortest and angriest, angriest tweet I've probably seen Magic ever put out. He did have a really good Thanksgiving tweet, though. So back home with my family enjoying a blessed Thanksgiving. On behalf of me, Cookie, my mother, Christine, the entire Johnson family, we wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. My family and I thought we'd enjoy some turkey, dressing, and all this incredible food sporting our commander's swag. Yes, they dressed them all up, his entire family. And they do not look pleased, a lot of them. Some of them are just like, where's Cousin Claude? Oh, that's what I want to know. Some of them are stoked. Some of the ones are not as stoked. But good on them. <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking great tweet. All right, and finally, the dickhead of the week. Dickhead of the week. It feels weird. I mean, the pylon for the giddy stuff means that I feel like anyone sort of jumping on and going, yeah, this is exactly what has happened. feels dickheady. But at the same time, until we know actually what the fuck's going on, I don't really want to sort of pass judgment either way. So let's just go with Scott Foster. What a fucking bell end. The fact that he... So in addition to the Chris Paul stuff, he also then chased down Steve Kerr as Steve Kerr had like walked away and Scott Foster kept yelling at him and chased him down. It's like... Scott Foster, get your fucking head out of your ass, you dickhead. You win the Draymond Green Memorial Dickhead of the Week. Just imagine if Draymond had been in that game with Scott Foster as well. It would have been chaos. All right, do some quickie and hours right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Yenars. Brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. slash shop or just click through on the socials. Get a hoodie, get a t shirt, get what you need. You're going to get what you need. That's uh, a bit of jet for you. Anyway, uh, right. Yeah, Naz, are you worried about the giddy gear, Jim? Yeah, nah. Yes, of course I am. Because if it's remotely true, that's his career done. <laughs> that's like the least of his worries. Um, but I think even if it's not, like it's put some poor fucking girl. Through absolute fucking hell, let alone kids, right? And I hate this sort of shit. So it does sort of speak to a wider fuck upness of our culture that the pylon can get so big that it just becomes accepted that that's uh, what's going on. So look, I'm hoping that I'm hoping for the best that it's like you know a misunderstanding. I don't know that she's not underage, basically. But until we know what the fuck's going on, I don't know. But I am worried about it. Uh, no matter the outcome, does this sunk the, sink the Thunder season? Yeah, nah. I mean, that's the last thing we should be worrying about. But also, probably nah. They're deep as hell. You got Case and Wallace. You got SGA. Probably limits their upside a little bit. But yeah, not great. <laughs> Something you probably don't want to be dealing with. 
Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of uh, statement the NBA come out with or if they even bother to come out with one. Because that would be the most interesting part, I think, is is if they just go, yeah, completely unfounded. We're not even going to, like, you know, react to it. I'll see what the reaction from the fans is. Anyway. Because um, that, they could very well just go, look, this is just some unfounded bullshit on the internet. Fuck off. It'd be interesting to see if they do that. Uh, Jez Oz, he's got a good one. Hey, buddy, hope that Coco is being kind to you. I've got a yeah, nah for you. Did the Bulls think they were drafting a different person in 2020 when they read out Patch Williams' name? Yeah, nah. It's a good question. Because Patch has been... We knew that Patch was going to be a bit of a work in progress. But wow, is this a work in progress. The problem is they probably... Like, just imagine this Bulls team with, like, Tyrese Halliburton on it, you know? Be pretty good. Not a bad pickup. Shit, even Greeny would really improve this team. Uh, It's a weird one. Even Devin Vassell would have been very, very handy. But Patch, he's sort of meant to be doing sort of the do-everything matrixy type of small forward. It's just not happening at all. Yeah, Patrick Williams, do they do they think they were like maybe drafting Peyton Pritchard? <laughs> they just sort of fucked it up. Ah, oh, Patch. He is bad. I still hold out a little bit of hope, but god damn, that dude is not that great. Uh, and Ryan B, he sent in a good one. The king's trying to bathe themselves in some holy water and wash off any stink or curse. Yeah, nah. So they gave a Sacramento Kings jersey to the Pope. <laughs> and to be honest, I dig it. Like, if there's one way to sort of just trying to, like, absolutely time after time after time after time go hammer and tongs in trying to, like, make sure that you're on the right side of, like, whether it be religion, fate, kismet, the universe, fucking do it. I mean, you're firing a laser into the sky trying to blind some fucking aliens every time you win the game, win a game. Like, why not give the Pope a fucking Sacramento Kings jersey and make him a Kings fan? It's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, I'd be fucking going hammer and tongs and making sure that, like, every religious leader is, like, a Kings fan. Just trying to get that one. Uh, can Mikael Bridges be a number one on a good team? Yeah, nah. I mean, I was worried up until that pretty chaotic Atlanta game where he went off. And so, you know, me, I've been talking about Bridges for most improved player prior to the season. Got a bit of time for it. The weird thing I think that we've seen so far is that he'll have these big explosion games and then go on an absolute tear. It might be that he just sort of took a little bit of time to warm into the season, right? Because that was by far his best game of the season. And it was one where Dinwiddie had 26 and 12, but shot kind of like shit. And Bridges now to averaging 22 and 6 with almost four assists for the season. So it's kind of where you want him to be at, right? And since I think roughly, yeah, what is it? Like basically since the start of November. So for the month, he's averaging 22 and a half points and six rebounds, shooting 46%. Needs to up the three point percentages a little bit. That's at 31. But he's had what? 31. 27, 23, 21, 45 in the last like eight games. I think he doesn't have the quite quite the uh, ISO bag of your number one dudes like KD and Co. But he's very good. I still believe in him. 
obviously. I just don't know if he'll be a top-notch super-duper star, number one, or just like a handy good one. We'll see what happens. All right, what about unpopular opinion of the day? Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Steve Kerr had a whinge about, oh, can we just play basketball? Oh, can we just play basketball? What's up with all the music? It's like, all right, boomer. Settle down. I get it, though. I've been to a lot of basketball games. It gets fucking loud. Uh, we don't need incessant music the entire time. But I also get that we probably need a bit of a spectacle. We need to add some spice to the entire experience. I don't think we need the ear-splitting music 100% of the time. I think there's a time and place for it. But also Steve Kerr go, oh, you know, just I want to be able to hear what's going on and play basketball. It's like, yeah, all right. I'd rather have cr- the crowd making more noise than anything else. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, blaring music 100% of the time is pretty fucking dumb. But I feel like this is a bit of a boomery take of like, God, everybody should be quiet the entire time. Not sure about that one. What about Outback Takehouse, though, Jim? It's Friday at our back. You know what that means? 4 for 1 TGIF oil drum cans full of icy cold Foster's Lager. That's right, it's horse piss. I mean, Australian for beer. That's right, no beers for Jim today because he's got the cocoa and he's not going to be doing any flame grilled takes. Can't fire up the barbie. Can't smell anything anyway, so what are you going to do about it? But either way, get some tins under your belt. Only at our back. And today's flame grilled take is... Greg Popovich grabbed that mic and had a whinge at the fans there in San Antonio and told him to be nice to Kawhi because he knows that he'll be trying to woo Kawhi back to play with Wemby when Kawhi can be a free agent this offseason. Only at Outback. Pop's just always out there playing four-dimensional chess, isn't he? He's like, be nice to my friend Kawhi. Please come back to me. <laughs> uh, the other Outback takehouse, the Flame Grill take. The Josh Giddy stuff is very clearly an Adam Silver covert op to foil the Aussies' chances in Paris 2024. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Settle down. All right, quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Alright, Australian Player Watch, the Wheat Bix Kid, the Mop Top Mumba, oh boy, he is, uh, what a shit position that'd be in if it's, uh, if the allegations aren't true as well, god damn, anyway, he had 10-6-2 in that Chicago game, shot 4-13 and 1-3 from downtown, not ideal, 1-2 at the free throw line, they still got the window hassles there, he had two steals though, so keeping up a nice little streak of steals. Some good news in the giddy front, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Jingling Joe Ingles, as I mentioned, had his best game basically of the season. Red, I think it's his highest scoring game of the season too with the 12 points. Yeah, he had 11 uh, against Brooklyn a couple of weeks ago. 4-4 four four from the floor. 4-4. Four four four. Uh, 2-2 two two from 3. 2-2 two two at the line. 7 assists. 12 points, 7 assists, a rebound and a steal. Jingling Joe Ingles goes off in a big win against Denver. You'll love to see it. Uh... What you don't love to see is Paddy Thrills still not getting out there. Did not play. His coach hates him. Quinn Snyder, get your head out your ass. I'll tell you what, it was a great year now the other day about Jock Landale and it's like how he'd fit perfectly on the Warriors. And it's like, the more I think about it, the more I fucking love that. He's playing four minutes a game at the moment. 
as Houston are basically playing small ball. Uh, so he had two points and one rebound in that win over the Grizzlies. Shit, the Grizzlies could use Jock. He went one one from the floor, one rebound, two points. Hashtag free Jock. The rooster. Uh, Dyson Daniels, the vacuum. Against Sacramento in that big win, he had 29 minutes, 2-9 from the floor, 0-5 from downtown. Pretty rough one, but he still had eight points, seven rebounds and a steal because he went 4-4 four four at the line. Good job, Dyson. He's having a couple of up and down games, but that's okay. Josh Greeny Green had 15-3-1 against the Lakers because he shot 6-10 from the floor, 3-6 of which from three. Crushed it. God, he was good in that game. Just did a little bit of everything. And that's what you want, right? I just love McGreeny just out there doing all the things you want him to do. Just causing havoc. Getting amongst it. Dante Saxum up Exum in that same game. Played nine minutes. He had four points, two fouls. Shot two of five and over two from downtown. It's all right. Exum's fine. He'll be good. Aussie Matty too. The win over Utah. Played 32 minutes. He went five of nine from the floor. Three of six from downtown. 13 points. Two assists, two blocks, three steals, and a rebound. Crushed it. God, I'm loving Matty T at the moment. Playing his ass off. He had zero points the game before. Bounces back as 13. That's like the fifth time, fourth time he's gone past double figures this month. Which is bloody good, bro. It's bloody good for Matty T. As I mentioned, Duop Wreath, the Grim Wreather. The Great Barrier Wreath. Mm, Duop. Bop, bop, Duop. Shib it up, bop, Duop. Oh, yeah, doo-wop, the Grim Reaper, her doo-wop, bop-bop, doo-wop, shibba-dap-bop, doo-wop. Oh, yeah, there goes the voice. Uh, got his first start and wasn't bad. Of course, ironically, he had like a minus, plus-minus for the first time, basically. Uh, eight points, four rebounds, one assist, and one block in 20 minutes, though. Looked the goods, too. Hit two or four from downtown. Three of five from the floor in total, but eight points, four rebounds, one assist, and a block. The great Barry Wreath, just kicking ass and taking names at the moment. You love to see it. DeAndre Ayton, he loves nothing more than being softer than Charmin and getting outplayed by his Aussie backups. Uh, I think that was it. Yeah, that's all the Aussies, because no Ben Simmons. We got that update earlier. Hey, Thrills just can't hit the bloody court at the moment. So, let's do an Andrew Gay's Graham Umber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. Alright, clap it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wemby. At the moment, got a couple of rookie ones here for you. Since blocks were tracked in 73 74, the only other player with. Uh, only other players with 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 25 blocks through 11 games are all. Hall of Famers, Shaq, Dikembe, Mutombo, David Robinson, Hakeem, and Ralph Sampson. Not bad, man. Not bad. Don't mind it. But also, there's a great little one about... I've mentioned Awesome Thompson, a.k.a. Awesome Thompson. Uh, I believe there are 52 players with 50 offensive rebounds and 25 blocks already this season. It's Rudy Gobert, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, and Awesome Thompson. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, Luke Longley Award. I gotta give this to Derek White. God, he was good at times in that Boston Milwaukee. It's our gongle for the Good Land game. He just sort of does his thing. It's amazing how good he can. Like, he doesn't have to hit the scoreboard so much. In that game, he was like, what, 13, 4, and 5. 
He had six turnovers, but God damn it, on defense, he knows exactly what to do. And it's like the thing where you go, well, how do they frustrate Lillard into a 11-24 shooting night? Three turnovers. It's like, yeah, because you can hand him off between Giroux Holiday and fucking Derek White. Tell you what, it's not bloody bad. All right, Paddy Mills Game Day, Baller Game Day, Twitter check-in. What do we got here? Uh, do we have a... Oh, I think there was a new Delhi one. There we go. We've got a Delhi. Oh, he's out there playing cricket. Yep, playing cricket with the United Boys. Good on you, Delhi. Love to see that. Let's see if Paddy's just done anything of late. Yeah, Paddy, 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 Paddy. Not much. That's a shame. Need more Paddy in our lives, don't we? Especially after this giddy news. I'll tell you what, let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverting Bane. Not a problem, Jim. How are you feeling? I have felt better. I will be honest. Uh, Boston go to Orlando. We've got a big NBA Cup game, uh, day tomorrow on Saturday. This will be awesome because a lot of them are pretty well set up, right? Heading into the in-season tournament sort of uh, knockout stages, basically like trying to figure out the format, the group play, where is everybody right now, what is happening. Um, and it's fascinating, right? So with the games tomorrow, we've got a bunch of uh, clinching scenarios, I think, with the Pelicans can win the West Group B with a win and the Rockets losing. The Nuggets can clinch uh, Group B if the Pelicans lose and the Nuggets win. The Kings can win Group C with a win as long as the Warriors lose. And the Wolves can clinch Group C just winning. The Celtics can also clinch Group C with a win. The pace is already through. Uh, and the what was it the Lakers are already through, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. So some fascinating setups. It's awesome. I'm loving the in-season tournament. So we've got Boston at Orlando. I'm going to take Orlando plus four and a half. They play teams really, really tough. I think Boston win this, but Orlando cover. I think the Wings, you've got Franz, Wagner, and Paolo. They might just get frustrated in some pretty bad shooting. So I probably trust Boston to win this one, but I don't mind getting the underdog at home for an NBA Cup. Boston, this might be a bit of a tough one after the, you know, the emotional outpouring of that Milwaukee game. Give me Orlando plus four and a half. Phoenix go to Memphis. Six and a half point favorites on the road. Memphis are a train wreck. I'm taking the Suns minus six and a half in a, in a heartbeat. Love that. Chicago at Toronto. Toronto are minus four and a half at home against the Bulls. Toronto are a weird one. They got that win over Indy. Chicago, just a wonky, weird. This is DeMar coming home, though. So I don't mind Chicago, plus four and a half. DeMar DeRozan. Well, actually, if they don't have Levine, they've probably got no chance. I might actually... I'll, I'll pick Toronto. If Levine plays, I like Chicago. Just a heads up. Miami, plus five and a half at the Knicks. Um, hopefully if that means if uh, that seems like it's a BAM related one right if BAM's not playing plus five and a half sounds pretty bad so if BAM is playing I'm taking the five and a half for Miami right now if not I'd probably take the Knicks at home against the Heat minus five and a half they don't have BAM I think they've got enough on the perimeter to slow down that Miami team Detroit at Indy I'm taking Indy minus eight and a half and probably still going the over because <laughs> it's it, actually, maybe this is the one where you go under because Detroit can't score. Uh, but I'll take Indy minus 8.5. They should smash Detroit. Uh, Washington at Milwaukee. It's our Gonquin for the good land. Uh, Milwaukee, in terms of the 
group standings at 2-0. So they'll desperately want to get this big win over Washington. So 13.5 point favorites, I'll take that. Washington are a train wreck as well. Houston host Denver. Shingoon versus Joker. Joker versus his doppelganger. Loving this. I just mentioned Denver struggling on the road against teams over 500 and without uh, Jam and Jamal Murray on their side. I'm going to take Houston plus three and a half again. Denver just uh, in a bit of a funk. That'll be right. <coughs> oh, gee, still dying. Minnesota minus four and a half against Sacramento. Minnesota, as I mentioned earlier, unbeaten at home. The Kings don't have the size to match up. San Antonio at Golden State. I'll take the Warriors minus ten and a half here. Wemby could give them some trouble though. But I do trust like the coaching and the nous, especially that Chris Paul, you know, led second unit, they should be fine. So give me Golden State minus ten and a half and a win there. And the Pelicans take on the Clippers. Plus five and a half for the Pels. I don't mind that. The Clippers up against Spindles and Zion. I'll take the Pelicans plus five and a half in LA. Sunday, starting at 9 a.m., we've got Philly at OKC. I think with all the uh, news around OKC, I might take the Sixers in that one. OKC might be uh, have their minds on some other stuff. Miami at Brooklyn. I'll take the Nets with Miami on a back-to-back, having just played the Knicks the day before. Atlanta go to Washington. Atlanta should smash the Wizards with the Wiz on a back-to-back. Lakers take on Cleveland. It's LeBron coming home. I think I'll take the Lakers, actually, in that one going to be a big one. That'll be a fun game. If Donnie Mitchell plays, that'll be very interesting, but I'll still take the Lakers. New Orleans at Utah. This is the Pelicans on a back-to-back, having just played in LA and then going to Utah. This might be a sneaky spot for Utah to get a win. Uh, Dallas at the Clippers. <laughs> oh, God. <coughs> How you doing, Jimmy? going to die? Nah, hopefully not. Dallas at the Clippers. Clippers on a back-to-back, but they're home back-to-backs. Let's go Dallas. They've struggled against the Clippers. They just swallow up Luka, but now they've got Kyrie. I reckon Kyrie will ball out. Try to take it at Harden. That'd be a fascinating game, though. Dallas at Clippers. Look, that's my veins. Monday, starting at 7.30 a.m. Eastern's daily time. Yeah, standard time. Daily, so yeah, daily, daily savings time. Portland and Milwaukee. We're going the Bucks, obviously, because Portland stink. Boston hosting Atlanta. I'll take the Celtics with the Hawks on a back-to-back, on a road pair of back-to-backs. Phoenix go to the Knicks. I'll take the Suns in that one too. The Knicks. Just don't know if they've got the weapons to slow down your man KD. Charlotte at Orlando. Taking the Magic Men in that one. Minnesota go to Memphis. They should crush the Grizzlies. Chicago, Brooklyn. Two back-to-back games there for Brooklyn. This might be a tricky one, but I think the Nets can just sneak out a weird back-to-back win there. Cleveland host Toronto. It's a back-to-back again for Cleveland. I might take the Raptors on the road in Cleveland. Just have enough in the tank, I think, against this Cleveland team who have just played the Lakers the day before. And San Antonio, go to Denver, and Denver should smash them. And there you go. That's it for the week. Oh, God. I've had better ones a day up from squid number one, spewing and being sick for a couple of days, then old mate being sick for a couple of days, the baby getting sick in between, uh, the broken finger, Waking up on Wednesday with a bung Achilles out of absolute fucking nowhere. And then COVID. So, I'll tell you what. I've had better times. So, hopefully, just keep your eyes out on the giddy stuff. If anything breaks over that about that over the weekend, I'll probably do like a quick video or something. So, keep your eye on the socials for that. Uh, 
thought about doing a reaction one for that today, but at the same time, we don't know anything. So uh, I'm just saying, who the fuck knows at this point? And also, I look like dog shit because I've been sick for three days. <laughs> so fuck that. Uh, all right. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IG, all over the socials. You know that. NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Good show this week. Uh, we went, what, two or three maybe on today's games? Check out NFL Australia anyway. Uh, and rate and review and star both NBA Australia and NFL Australia over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you use on the Android phone. It does help out, so go do it. Uh, NBAstraight.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. And big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. They rule. And so to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian band, so should you. All right, we'll close out with a uh, classic cooking with Bainsey. And I'm going to go take myself back to bed because I, uh, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you on Monday, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosanna. Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> g'day, g'day, g'day. Yes, how are you all? Well, look at you over there. <laughs> I'll see you over there again, Cheryl. Yes, we know that you love it. Oh, this is great. Yeah, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainsey. I am your host, Aaron Bangers Bainsey. All right, so this here episode, we're going to whip up one of my absolute favorite Australian staples. You can have it whenever as well, at night, for dinner, after a big night on the turps. It's that absolute Aussie classic. It is Hawaiian pizza. Oh, yes. That's right. I love me some Hawaiian pizza, and it's easy as to make, mate. I mean, it definitely helps keeping up this physique, if you know what I mean. I reckon I probably cook about three of these bloody things a week, you know what I'm saying? And also, hey, just just for yous out there as well, don't bloody listen to anyone who says shit about pineapple on pizza. They can go and do what I tell every centre in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. They can go fuck themselves, all right? You can put whatever the fuck you want on pizza. It's pizza. All right, so anyway, Hawaiian pizza is bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is go down to your soupy and grab yourself a pizza base. I love the spongier, thick ones, you know. Grab a thing of tomato paste. Now, don't bother with the fancy pants shit with basil or oregano in it unless you want to be, like, all fancy pants and shit. Because uh, then you just grab a bunch of shredded ham from the deli Grab a bag of shredded cheese. Now, you can have mozzarella, cheddar, home brand, whatever you want. Doesn't matter. It's just bloody cheese. And the key ingredient, a tin of pineapple chunks. Now, it's pretty easy to whip this bad boy up, so let's get to it. All right, here we go. Now, just whip your base out. There you go. All right, now smother it with the tomato paste. Well, yep, there you go. Smooth it out a bit. Just make sure it's all over the inside thing. Now, 
Dump your ham on there. Yep, all this shredded ham. Now, oh, get your fingers amongst that. Shove that to the edges. There you go. Spread that out nice and even. Yep, there you go. All right, now cover this liberally with the dead pig. Come on, man. You've got to put the ham everywhere. Just need hoops and hoops and hoops of ham. Just make sure it's the nice shredded stuff, though. All right, now drain your pineapple into the sink. Or you can, you know, you can drain it into a cup and uh, drink that pineapple juice, you know. What bloke doesn't like a cup of pineapple juice, you know what I'm saying, ladies? Yeah, there we go. Now, fang the chunks of pineapple on there. Just put it everywhere, you know, just throw it around. And then cover up the entire bloody thing with your shredded cheese. All right. Now, we've got this oven over here. Just wang her in there in the oven. There you go. Just for a good 15, 20 minutes at about 220 degrees Celsius. None of that Fahrenheit bullshit. Now, sit back, grab a tin. And let her cook. Oh, doesn't that bloody well smell delicious? All right, now here's one we made a little bit earlier. So you can see once it's browned and a bit on the edges and all your cheese is all melty and nice, you whip her out, you chop her up into slices, and Bob is your bloody pizza-loving uncle. Now, give it a sec to cool down before you chow down. Don't burn your bloody tongue because that cheese will be hot as buggery, eh? So, all right, now it's there. Just get your bloody munch on. And that is an absolute bloody ripper of a meal. The best bit is, and this will impress everyone, right? You can cook it whenever you want. Mates, the missus, kids, everyone bloody loves Hawaiian pizza. And if they don't, just give them the old bangers, don't argue, and go tell them to cook their own bloody pizza. Because this is just bloody delicious, mate. All right, how easy was that? Cool. There you go. That is absolutely unreal. Love me some Hawaiian pizza. All right, so that's it for this week. Tune in next week for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.